Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's get the opinion of a guy who knows even better than me because he covers college football on a weekend, week-out basis for the Orlando Sentinel National. Uh, their lead college football writer, Matt Marshall, joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. No great surprise here, right, Matt? Yeah, no, I don't think there was much of a surprise here. I think we had a, a feeling going into this weekend that, you know, Joe Burrow was going to win the award. I think the biggest news that we were kind of waiting to see what happened is how much was he going to win it by? Was it going to be a, a big amount or was it going to be in close? And as it turns out, it wasn't close at all. And he, he basically almost uh, unanimous, it feels like, you know, winning win for the Heisman Trophy. So it's a, it's a good win for a kid who's done an amazing job this year and has put up some some really kind of, uh, mind-blowing statistics when you look at the way he's performed this year for LSU. And the Heisman Trophy being one uh, major award that Joe Burrow's going to get, another one I think he's going to get in April, when he's the number one pick in the draft. And that's speculation and a lot can happen between now and then. Heisman's on all but on his mantle now. We'll find out about the first pick of the draft. But I was commenting earlier, I'm hard-pressed to remember a guy who was so lowly ranked, and I'm sure you could look this up or uh, go to a website and find it out, as to where he ranked, maybe on wagering, whatever uh, someone's opinion was, as to potential Heisman candidacy. And same thing with first overall pick in the draft, because people put out draft mock drafts a year in advance. Joe Barr wasn't being mentioned in either of these two categories as a potential number one overall pick in the NFL draft or the Heisman Trophy where did this kid come from? <laughs> well, I, I think what's interesting about this is I don't think anyone kind of knew what to expect when, you know, when, when Ed Orgeron, you know, the LSU coach, hired you know, Joe Brady to be the passing game coordinator. I don't think anyone knew what this LSU offense was going to be capable of. And so it, it just happened to be such a wonderful, me- you know, wonderful mesh between the quarterback and Joe Burrow and the system and the, and, and the talent he had around him. Um, we haven't seen an LSU offense play like this ever. I mean, we, you don't usually normally associate LSU and, and you know, stellar Heisman-esque, you know, quarterback play, and, and you've seen it this year. And I think that's one of the reasons why nobody was really thinking he was going to do much this year. But he came out and he put up these big numbers. I think the system works really well for him. I think he's fit in so well. I think his offensive line has been outstanding in protecting him. And then as the season's gone on, you just saw his numbers go higher and higher. And I think his confidence level went up as well. And I think, you know, all of a sudden we were talking at the beginning of the season with, you know, uh, with Tua Tungvaloa. We were talking, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, uh, some of the other players out there, Jalen Hurts. And then we've just seen kind of Joe Burrow step up and really kind of elevate his game. And I think that's because of the system that was in. And I don't think anyone really understood what, what they were capable of. But now we know, and we're going to know when they go into the uh, college football playoff uh, semifinals. Jalen Hurts uh, finished second overall in the boat, uh, Fields third. Young ended up fourth, and uh, give credit to him because the Heisman Trophy just doesn't go to defensive players. It hasn't happened in decades, and uh, for him to even be in the Final Four, considering he missed a couple games with a suspension during the season, I'm sure he enjoyed himself. He really had no shot at winning this award, did he? 
No, not really. I mean, again, when you miss those two games, you almost have to play every game. And I think for a defensive player, as you mentioned, I think you just have to have such an outstanding career. You have to, or an outstanding season. You have to go out and you have to really do something that people haven't seen before. It's really tough. And, and I still don't think we're going to see a Heisman winner come from the defensive side of things for the next decade or so. I think this award really has kind of slanted more towards the offense, and especially the quarterback position where these guys are putting up video game-type numbers year in and year out. And I think it's just more and more that's just kind of the trend we're going to see over the next decade or so. Now I do have one kind of question. And congratulations, Joe Burrow and Hertz and Fields and Young for making the uh, final and having a good time in New York. And Burrow gets the much-deserved award by a landslide. They did release the top 10 vote-getters. And coming in at number 10, I gave you the top four. We know they showed up in New York. Taylor was fifth. Dobbins was sixth. Trevor Lawrence was seventh. Hubbard was eighth. Etienne was ninth. And tenth was Tua Tungabaloa. And uh, just a couple of notes, completed over 70% of his passes, threw 33 touchdown passes and three interceptions, had the highest quarterback ranking. He only won over 200 for any of the quarterbacks that qualified in the NCAA this year. I know he got hurt at the end of the year, but is there an anti-Tuatunga-Beloa thing going on here? Is there an anti-Alabama thing? Because truth be told, I thought he could have got it last year rather than Murray. It was a toss-up between the two. The voters went with Murray out or would have went with uh, Tungabaloa. And, oh, by the way, they met up a week later in a playoff game and Tua outplayed him after having lost the award. And he's getting 10th place this year. He didn't try and get hurt. He got hurt. These things happen. But the numbers he put up were off the charts again this year. Is this an anti-Alabama thing or an anti-Tua thing? You know, I'm not really sure on that. I think what happens with a lot of the voters is once he gets hurt, I think they just automatically discredit him, you know, or at least put him out of their mind when it comes to the rankings, you know, that they're going to put him in as as a Heisman winner. Um, I think that's unfortunate. Think about the career that Tua has had with Alabama in a short period of time, and he's going to walk away more than likely unless he decides to come back next year after, you know, coming back from that, you know, a, a hip injury, you know, he's going to probably leave without having a Heisman trophy in his belt. And that's insane because the last two seasons, he's been one of the top one or two, you know, candidates going into the year as a Heisman, you know, potential winner. So for him not to get that, for him to fall as far as down his 10th, I mean, I could have seen maybe putting him at the fifth, sixth, seventh spot just because he did get injured. But to drop him all the way down to 10th seems a a little bit, you know, too much for me. Um, Again, I think some of that could just be the fact that once he got hurt, voters just kind of put him out of his mind. Or it could be the fact that maybe some of the West Coast voters decided that's enough of of, of Alabama and Tua and we're going to go somewhere else and and go in a different direction. But it's unfortunate because this is a kid who's, you know, given it all for Alabama. He's had an amazing career if this is going to be the end of it at the college level. And and he's not even going to have close to, to winning a Heisman Trophy uh, I think that's just an amazing stat when you think about it. All right. Uh, one last uh, Tua Tunga Vailoa question for you. You mentioned if he comes back. You don't know. I don't know. All we can do at this juncture is speculate. I think it has a lot more to do with what NFL teams think about him uh, than anything else. And uh, the, the information travels uh, behind closed doors. you got a pretty good feel of it. Your agent uh, can feel out the NFL teams. I think that will have a lot to do with it. But do you think Tua would be better served going back and playing one more year with the uh, Crimson Tide? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think it might be. You know, I mean, again, the, the thing about it is you, the fact that you've just gone through this horrific injury. If there's anything that would maybe make your mind think about, okay, let's move on and get to the NFL and, and start, you know, with my professional career, it might be the idea of not wanting to risk getting hurt again. Um, but in one aspect of it, I think maybe going back could help them. I mean, listen, there are going to be some teams who are going to be scared off of the idea of drafting him now because they're afraid that, you know, listen, it may take him, you know, three, four months or however long, six months, to get healthy again, and we're not sure how healthy that's going to be. Some of these NFL teams may not take a risk and draft him so high and pay him lots of money because they feel like, well, we're not sure what we're going to get from him now when he's not going to be 100%. So maybe it's best to come back to the, to the college level, go out and play again, uh, you know, see what you can do, show everyone that your hip is fine, show them that you can do things that you, know, you could do before, and, and you know, those NFL teams would still come out and draft you. But, again, it's, it's a big risk because all it takes is one – as we've seen time and time again, all it takes is just a freak accident, and then your career could be you know, put on hold. And, and I think a lot for him is just going to be talking with his family and deciding what's the best move for me. I mean, is it, is it coming back to try to prove something, or is it just going to the next level and trying to prove it there? Because, listen, no matter who drafts him, he's going to find a way to be on that field and excel, and whether it's going to be a first-round pick or a third-round pick. So uh, I, I think at this point maybe it's best to move on and just see what happens. Matt Marshall from the Orlando Sentinel National, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, a couple of quickies on the upcoming college football playoffs. They got the four right teams, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think they did. I, I think this is the first time since about 2016 that the, the committee really didn't have to fret about things. I think they knew who they were going to get going into Saturday night right after the championships. You know, I think Ohio State may give them a little bit of a pause when they fell behind to Wisconsin early. But I really think once they came back and blew out the Badgers, I think they knew right away who the top four were going to be. The biggest question was going to be who was going to be that number one spot. Was it going to be LSU? Was it going to be Ohio State? I think because of the fact that Ohio State struggled a little bit with Wisconsin early and then was the last game, the last championship game that the committee probably saw, that's why they fell to that two spot. But I think either way, LSU or Ohio State, both those two teams, play just as well, and I think it's going to be interesting because now you're Ohio State at two. Now you've got to face a Clemson team that I think is the dark horse of the semifinals. I think they're a team that Dabo Sweeney has been telling for weeks now. No one respects us. No one wants us to win. No one cares about us. They're all against us. Let's go out there and prove them wrong. And that's a scary thing to kind of have a team going out, especially a team that's won 30, I think 29, 30-some straight games and has won a national championship. You know, that's a team that's, that's really talented. And I think Ohio State probably got the short end of the draw when it comes to that. Yeah, they did. Um, and I know I'm going to sound like a Alabama fanboy here. I'm more of a Tua Tunga Biloa fanboy than an Alabama fanboy. But they lost that Iron Bowl 48-45, came up short by a field goal. If they had won that game... What would the bowl committee, uh, the championship committee, what, uh, what, what would they have done? Certainly the three undefeateds are in, but Oklahoma sneaks by their conference championship in overtime against a very good Baylor team, but overtime just the same as compared to a one-loss Alabama team having lost to the number one team, LSU. You think Alabama would have gotten a fourth spot over Oklahoma? You know, I think it would have depended on how they would have beaten Auburn. If it would have been a close game, like if it, the score had been flipped, if it had been 48-45 for Alabama, I, I don't think they would have gotten in. Okay. I, I think the committee would have said, it's too close. You know, I, I've always thought that they needed to beat out Auburn, and they needed to beat Auburn convincingly. They needed to make it be a 20- or 30-point win 
if they were going to make the case. Because I think what the committee was going to do is they were going to, they've always kind of put Alabama just a, a, a tear down, you know, in, in these rankings a little bit after that loss to LSU, saying basically, you know, your schedule isn't tough enough. Yes, you played the number one team in the country, but other than that, you know, your schedule is not nearly as tough enough. I think they would have pointed to that. And I think they also would have pointed to the fact that even though Oklahoma's win was a close one in overtime, they would have said they were the conference champion. And the fact that Oklahoma played three top 25 teams of the last month of, of their schedule, whereas Alabama, I, I think, only played one or one or two. So I think that might have been the thing that would have pushed Oklahoma in there. I think that would have been interesting. I think what would have been interesting is if Utah had won in, in the Pac-12 championship, then you really would have had a three-way tie in all those scenarios where you would have seen, interesting to see what the committee says. And if Alabama had gotten in that, that fourth spot, I think then you really would have heard the people really screaming about playoff expansion, especially those coming from the Pac-12 and the Big 12s that happened. It didn't happen that way, and right now not as many people are really concerned about that. Fair enough. All right, uh, the two championship uh, semifinals aside, they are bowl games, but we won't count them. Is there a bowl game that grabs your fancy? When the matchups came out, you said, oh, damn, I got to make note of that one being in front of the TV. I got to check that one out. Yeah, actually, the, the one that's funny, we're talking about Alabama. It's the Alabama-Michigan game, the Citrus Bowl. I think that's an interesting game because here are two programs that when we started the year, we were talking about these programs being competing for the semifinal spot. We were talking about Alabama, obviously. We were talking about Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. Was this going to be the year it seemed like it was because Urban Meyer had retired at Ohio State, both those programs aren't there. Instead, they're down here in Orlando um, getting ready for that game. These are two coaches that are very, you know, very serious-minded guys. they got players on their team, a lot of guys who want to head off to the NFL. It's going to be interesting to see how these teams respond, you know, which wants to step up and win some games. You're seeing some of these, some of these players on both these teams saying they're going to play in this game. But it's just interesting to me because I think both these teams – haven't used, you know, especially Alabama side, hasn't used to being in this situation. It's been a while since Alabama hasn't played in the semifinals in the playoffs. So for them to be just in a regular bowl game, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how they respond to things and, and see what they can do. So to that, that was one of those matchups. But I, and I thought also the other game, not to be too much about here in Orlando, but the Notre Dame-Iowa State game is interesting to me because I just think that there's a Notre Dame team now that's coming in here. Uh, again, they were in the semifinals last year. They're a team that's got a lot of buzz. They're playing an Iowa State team that, you know, again, Matt Campbell's name has been mentioned everywhere for jobs, but he's going to stick around at Iowa State. I want to see how those two teams reform. So I think, to me, those are interesting. And the, and, and the Rose Bowl probably is a third because I like that traditional Oregon-Wisconsin matchup. That, to me, just screams out old-school Rose Bowl uh, <laughs> kind of game. So I look forward to that one. Agreed. Good stuff. Appreciate you coming on board, Matt. Thanks for sharing for a couple minutes. Uh, hopefully we'll get you on as we get closer to a championship game. Thanks, bud. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.